Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's broadcast of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Just returned late last night from Tucson, Arizona, where many on our church staff attended the annual Southwest Pastors and Leaders Conference at Calvary Chapel in Tucson, Arizona. Pastor Robert Farrow, who is a Bible teacher on Grace FM here in Colorado, hosts every year one of the one of the premier uh, conferences within the Calvary Chapel family. It was such a great time to get away. Uh, to grow in the things of the Lord, to uh, you know, be built up, uh, to be encouraged, to be reminded, to be challenged, to be stirred, and everything in between. And came back uh, just in time to grab a quick shower and head over to Calvary in Aurora, where we have our midweek Bible study, which is really a sweet gathering of believers that need that midweek encouragement in the word we're studying through a book of the bible that's different from the weekend services Uh, we're in the old testament on wednesday nights and second kings which started a couple years ago when we opened up first samuel which i think is airing on the radio right now and our abounding grace uh radio broadcast is in first samuel so we went first samuel second samuel we're in first we've finished first kings we're in second kings Uh, right now we're looking at the life of elisha S-H-A. We already studied the life of Elijah, J-A-H. And when we're done with uh, Second Kings, we'll go into First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. And then I'll just step back and assess where we are in the Old Testament to cover some books that we haven't studied yet uh, because we want to get through the whole Bible. Because we believe at Calvary Chapel that the whole Bible has been given to us for the whole believer. And our desire, I'm not as fast as some of my friends um, I mean, I guess I'm not fast at all, but uh, we want to go through the Bible all the way from beginning to end, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. I'm I'm not in any rush, like artificially, uh, and I'm not slowing down on purpose. It It's just the timing and the metered rhythm that God's given to us as a church. So anyway, uh, Second Kings, uh, I had the message prepared ahead of time. I reviewed it. Uh, when I got to the office and just kind of looked through, it was the study we on the right after Naaman got healed, and his servant goes to steal some money. Uh, but as I entered into the pulpit, so on Wednesdays we do we do a really cool thing on Wednesdays. Uh, we incorporate Acts chapter two verse forty two in our Wednesday service. You know, a lot of times larger churches. Um, I don't consider necessarily us a larger church. Uh, I don't like that phrase. 
uh, because that means you're comparing it to someone. And if there's larger, there must be smaller. And it's just dumb. Now, church is church, no matter how many people come, large or small. However, I do appreciate, um, you know, I, I can appreciate the differences. I just don't like that designation of larger church. But uh, in, in a larger church where a few thousand people gather together uh, every week, um, our midweek study. So, so one of the accusations of a church that's larger is that, well, you know, it's so big and I can't connect. And, you know, the, 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 the issue with that has been when we were a church of 30 people and now much larger is you'll connect with whoever you want to connect with. Uh, the church is as big as you want it to be and it's as small as you want to be. Uh, you can go to a church of 30 people and not talk to anybody if you choose. You can come late, leave early. Uh, you can come to a church where thousands gather at multiple services, and you can choose not to connect. Uh, the The idea of connecting has everything to do with the person. And and so we, we changed things up a few, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, to incorporate this. We went, We didn't actually do it on purpose, but I can see how it evolved and how the Lord led us. Like we didn't sit down and go, we must make our church look like Acts 2.42. It's always been a part of our hearts. And I think in so many aspects, Acts 2.42 is a part of our church with small groups and communion, with praying, prayer meetings, Bible studies. Um, but on Wednesdays as we gather, uh, there is a few hundred people that come and they're hungry for the word. We felt burdened, and I felt personally convicted that as a church family, we hadn't been praying together enough. <clears throat> and it was verified in a variety of different ways. And so we started something that we now call Give 10. And so on a typical Wednesday night service, you'll come and we'll open up in worship with whoever is leading us in worship. Last night, it was an acoustic worship set with uh, Pastor Ian. It was some old songs from uh, some older classic songs, really sweet uh, and glorious. And then we had a missionary update because it's March for us as a church. So March is a big missions month for us. So we had an update from our missionaries in Jerusalem. We also wrote some cards out to uh, missionaries that last night our missionary uh, that we wrote notes to was, and this is the whole church family, give you to everybody. And we wrote notes to Christian skaters, my friend Yuli and his wife in Florida. He used to run the skate park at Calvary Chapel in Fort Lauderdale, but then he started a ministry called Christian Skaters. And and then we um, then we prayed together for 10 minutes specifically, and, and then we had a Bible study. So with all that in mind, while I'm talking, give me a call, 303-690-3000. This is not just dialogue, I mean monologue, it's dialogue. I always like to open up the show with some di- some monologue and just start start talking. So give me a call. Uh, lines are open. 303-690-3000. If you like to text, uh, and it's safe to do it, uh, 720-336-0897. Uh, Thursdays always seem to start out slow. So whether you're calling, whether you're listening in uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or uh, Maryland over on Hope FM, or you're listening in Tennessee, North Carolina, or Kentucky on Truth FM, or anywhere in Colorado and Wyoming and Nebraska on Grace FM, this is the time to call, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. So, so we gather together, Acts 2.42. It continues steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine, in fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And we do all that in one service. 
But I went into the pulpit with my notes that were prepared to go on to the greed of Gehe- of of the um, servant of Elisha, and I I couldn't get past the first half of page one of my notes, and how I, in our previous study, taught how leprosy in the Bible is a is a type of sin. It's a picture of sin, and I went in depth in that in our previous study, and then last night what I wanted to do was I wanted to offer something I found in a commentary. Uh, just to give an added insight so when you're going through the Bible, you can share with people, and that is how the story, the true story of Naaman and the servant girl and and the king of Syria and the king, all of that is actually a type and a picture of our salvation story. And if, and if that's something that interests you, I would encourage you to go to our website, calvaryaurora.org. That's A-U-R-O-R-A. Everybody has a problem with spelling that, but I'm sure Google corrects it. Or you go to the uh, go to the app store, whatever phone and device you have, and download our free app. Just search Calvary Space Aurora, Calvary Space Aurora, and uh, we also have a free Grace FM app, Grace FM. So just put it in the search. If you put Calvary Space Aurora, both apps will come up. So at any rate, as I was teaching that, I just felt burdened by the Lord to emphasize that passage. I mean that in that emphasize that aspect of the passage. And before you know it, my time was up. And it became a very evangelical preaching gospel message. And it could be that I was a little encouraged from the conference and just really wanting to take the Bible and contextualize it into our everyday life. I mean, I try to do that already. I want it, my, my emphasis in the Bible, those of you that, that are familiar with our ministry here in Aurora, the emphasis that God has given to me is not to come off as some theological heavyweight because I'm not. Uh, I, I do understand the text, and I know how to study the Bible, and God has given me the, the wisdom, but I, I'm not interested in being a theological heavyweight. There's so many other guys, they're so much smarter than me, uh, and so much more articulate, and you know, can, can get to those heavy-duty seminary type. You know, you, when you're going to leave Calvary, you're not going to walk away saying, oh boy, that was just the greatest Bible study I've ever heard, and I learned ten new Greek words and fifteen new Hebrew words. That that's not that's not me. I'm just not. You know, when I think of a guy like John MacArthur, uh, that's not me. Um, and and that's just how God made me, and I'm okay with that. What 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 emphasis that God has given to me is application and action. Application and action. This is what the text says. This is what it means, and this is what it means for you. And we just went in depth. Uh, on the gospel message. And you know what happened? I gave an altar call and invited people to walk in response to the invitation to um, to the gospel message that was presented, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And four people responded on a Wednesday night. That's monumental. It's unbelievable. It is so glorious. The angels in heaven rejoice. And, and then it gave a chance for the body of Christ, the leaders and some of the guys and gals to come alongside with them and come up and play, pray for them. It was really organic and beautiful, unbelievable. So I'm a little encouraged. Um, I'm always encouraged. But it's not enough just for the saints to gather, man. We want people to get saved. We want people to hear the gospel. We want to see God move on their hearts. We want to see families transformed. We want to see kids raised in a godly home. We want to see you kick your addiction. We spent a lot of time on that addiction uh, we spent a lot of time. I, I, I it, again. I, we're going to take your calls. I see you, Jennifer. I'll get to your call in just a second, and then we got a couple open lines. But here's the deal: 
um, it was a Wednesday night where I responded to the gospel in 1991 and an invitation and an altar call. And God revolutionized my life. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I spent some time last night talking about Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, and before you, <clears throat> you know, flip out, um, <clears throat> you guys that are listening, either way, you know, um, critical Christians flip out about Alcoholics Anonymous taking them all the way to Jesus. And then people that are not Alcoholics Anonymous flip out because I'm about what I'm about to say. So neither one of you flip out, okay? Because AA is a tool that God has used in many ways to get people off the bottle. Um, and, and we are happy with that because we want people off the bottle. We want them no longer drunking, drunk. <clears throat> and we want them no longer in jail and drink driving. And that's what we want. But we want to take them all the way to the cross, right? And I remember... I recalled last night on Bible study how I needed to attend AA meetings on one of the court. I was court mandated to go to drunk driving school, uh, to uh, go to AA meetings so I get my license back because they took my license after uh, one of the DUIs I, I had. And um, I went to AA and I remember them making me stand up and say, hi, I'm Ed and I'm alcoholic. And, you know, back in the 90s, in the late 80s and 90s, when I stood up and said that, I was telling them the truth. That was true. I was addicted to alcohol. And most of my life was just spent how I could get the next drink and how I could escape the chaotic craziness of my life and the pain that I was feeling and the loneliness and how I just had a tendency to hurt everyone that was close to me. And I didn't want to feel that. So I stayed drunk most of the time. I was one of those functional drunks. Uh, but functional is really not a real a good way to describe it because I still, it didn't accomplish what I thought it would. I didn't feel better. Uh, I didn't, things didn't get better. They got worse. And so I went through the whole process. I got my license back. I finished the classes and then I was born again. Um, and for a born again person to go to AA and stand up and say, Hey, I am Ed and I'm an alcoholic is not telling the truth because the Bible teaches that when Jesus Christ um, saves your soul, when you receive salvation, when you are born again, the Bible says you are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. What God offers you is freedom. He doesn't offer you a tether. I mean, I haven't taken a drink of alcohol. Literally, I have not taken a drink of alcohol since the day I was saved, 1991, February 20th. And so for me to get up and say, I'm Ed and I'm an alcoholic would be dishonest. It's not true. How long do you have to not drink before you can declare that you are no longer an alcoholic? I propose to you that the second you're born again, you have a new identity according to the Lord and you can walk in the newness of life and never be addicted to what you were addicted to before forever. So... Let's go to the phone lines. <laughs> Get the study. I spent all night last night, and it God uses. So maybe you need to share it within your friends. Line one is Jennifer in Greeley, Colorado. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, You're welcome. So my question is: um, Did God promise Hagar? Um, the <clears throat> did He promise to give Ishmael the same promise that He gave? Uh, he made to Abraham. He did not give Ishmael the same promise that was made to Isaac. No. Okay. So no. I guess I, I, okay. So what I read 
that's making me question it. Um, yeah. When Hagar, when um, Sarah made Hagar leave with yes. Ishmael, what did yes. God tell Hagar then at that time? Uh, let's see. Let's get there. Um, oh, I'm skipped all the way through. Um, Abraham rose, departed. Uh, what ails you? Let's see. I think it's in 21. Uh, God has heard a, a rise, lift up the lad, hold him in your hand. I'll make, I will make him a great nation. That's, um, Genesis 21 verse 18. And okay. indeed the descendants of Ishmael today are a great nation. But they and are he, not. Didn't he? The, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I would I'm just sorry. say he's not the promised child that God Himself provided in Isaac. Okay. <clears throat> okay. That would be like this. Let's let's put it this. Let's put it in something that we might be able to understand. Um, you have a house and you have two children. You ready? Okay. Yeah. You pass away. Uh, let me. Oh, I pass away and I have a will. And in my will, it says, I will, I, I give to you, um, child number one, all of my house. And then I tell child two, I give to you all of my house. Is that possible? No. <laughs> it really yeah. isn't possible. I mean, I guess they'd have to fight it out somehow. That's the third thing. You know, you can fight it out, but they both can't have the same inheritance. It, it, it's impossible. So you could say, uh, I give you, uh, child number one, the house that you grew up in, the house, the large house, and then I say to child two, I give you the house that we, the rental house that's down the street. But so you could say, I give you child one, I give you the house, and you can say to child two, I give you the house, but you don't mean the same house. No. And that's what's happening with, in a very simple way. That's what's happening with God as he speaks to the promises to Ishmael, uh, and he also speaks to the promise to Isaac. That they're not the same promise, even though it says here in verse uh, 17, no, 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 18, Genesis 21, 18, I will make him a mm -hmm. great nation. It's it's not the same as saying, um, I, will bless the, I will bless the world through your seed, Abraham. Uh, and because the seed, Abraham had a lot of kids, Right, mm -hmm. the stars of the, yeah. the the numerous descendants, like the stars in the sky, but there was a one line that leads to Messiah. Oh, okay. I guess I'll just I I I understand what you're saying. I just probably read it wrong. So, but thank you mm. for clearing that up. Well, if I'll tell you what, because I'm looking, I I looked up a scripture. Maybe you can find what you read. Mm -hmm. And let's and then call back so that we can actually look at what you read. Okay. That that will be much easier than me trying to find out what you're referring to. If you know what you read, then we can read through it together and we can talk about exactly. And then you'll find out what how you read it and maybe how to read it a different way or maybe what you read was accurate but the conclusion was wrong. That's possible. Remember, that's possible to do. You know, you remember. Um, Remember the when when Paul the apostle was on his way to Jerusalem. Do you remember that part of the book of Acts? Yes. And the prophet Agabus came and he took his belt and he wrapped it around uh, the arms and the feet of Paul and he says, "When you go to Jerusalem, chains await you." 
okay. Are you still there? Remember yeah, that? So, he, <laughs> so, so Paul feels like he's called to Jerusalem, but then the prophet comes and says, don't go because they're going to persecute you. And then all of, you know, those that were around Paul said, don't go, Paul, don't go. They're going to kill you there. Which one was right, Paul or the people around them? Paul. Paul was right because he was going to be, he was going to go to Jerusalem and he was going to suffer and he's going to die there or at least be imprisoned there. And sometimes we have the right information. We just come to the wrong conclusion. So if you find the text, let's talk about it. Call back. All right. I'll do that. Okay. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We're heading all the way cross country to New Jersey. I think it's Ama. Welcome to the program. Thank you. For hey, Ama, are you with us? You're welcome. What can I do for you? So I would like to know how I can better memorize memorize the Word of God. I always okay. read the Bible because my heart yearns for the Lord. I am a born-again Christian, but I okay. usually forget what I read. Okay. So I do need prayers, and I also need a guidance as to how best I can let the Bible stick in my head when I read it. Okay, so there's a couple things that come to mind when you want to memorize Scripture and have the Bible stick, and they both surround one word. Are you ready? Yeah. Repetition. Repetition is one of the best tools to memorizing something. So here are two ways, that, two uh, suggestions that I'll make to you. First of all, number one, go down to the to the Office Depot or Office Max store in your community and get a package of three by five note cards. Do you know what those are? Yes. Yeah, so get a package of them and begin to write down Bible verses that you want to memorize and then put them in your back pocket. And everywhere okay. you go, take that card out and start memorizing one word at a time, two words at a time. You're waiting in line at the market, take the card out. You're um, waiting at a red light, take the card out. And and the more you read it, the faster you will memorize it. Okay. That's for that's one tool. Another tool, and I I really want you to do this and then call me back, okay? Yes, I will. Because I, it was actually John MacArthur that made this suggestion many years ago, and I took him up on it, and it was this. Take the book of First John, you know, the one in the back, First, Second, and Third John? First yes. John, and read it every day, all five chapters, read it every day for 30 days. Okay. Just read it straight through. And then you will be amazed, Amma, how much you remember when you read the Bible like that. Just every day for 30 days. It's okay. unbelievable how much sticks in your head. Okay, I'll do that. And then um, you are in New Jersey, so somebody's going to call right now. I just saw a call come up that they have a suggestion for you uh, to to memorize, but you're not going to hear this on the radio out there until next week. So you'll have to wait till next okay. week, okay, because they're going to call, and I'm going to take the call live, but it won't be on the air till, till next week this on Thursday, okay? Sure, that's fine. Okay, Thank do those two things. Much. And call me back. Let me pray for you. I will. Thank Father, you. Father, I, I pray. <clears throat> I, I just lift up my sister to you right now because 
she has a desire to hide your word in her heart so that she wouldn't sin against you. And, and even though I gave a couple of little tools, and we're going to get another one in a minute, but it's not necessarily the tools that are going to do it, but the power of your Holy Spirit inside of her going to help her That's to remember, right. going to plant the word into her heart. And so as she presents herself to you, God, it's not all on her. It's not all her effort and her energy, although she wants to present herself to you. It is, God, what you want to accomplish and what you want to do and what you can do in a willing vessel. So bless her, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. A text question, was Christ resurrected in the same body he was crucified in? Yes. If so, since he still had the nail marks, did he also have evidence of the full punishment he received? The Bible doesn't say. Uh, But remember, so the Bible tells us about the evidence of the crucifixion, but not the scourging, because the the price, and I'm going to, the Bible doesn't say, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, because the scourging was not where the price for sin was paid. So I'm going to say no. However, we don't know. But the Bible is silent on that. But remember, the resurrected body of Christ is the glorified resurrected body. It's it's has one-to-one correspondence, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but it is not the human body. It is the glorified body. Uh, and so um, I think that the rec- when you say he's beyond recognition, I think he's, he's obviously recognized because people recognized him after the resurrection. So... The glorified body is very different, except of the same same content of the physical body. All right, let's see. Um, let's go to Jill real quick. Jill, you have uh, a real quick. We put Ama on hold so she can actually hear the answer live. So she's still listening to the program. Jill, what is your recommendation for scripture memorization? Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, I use an app on my phone, and uh-huh. What's it's it called? called Scripture Typer. And it's really amazing. It works really well. It uses your tips of repetition. Um, yes. But again, it's in your pocket all the time. You can just pull out your phone, and you can do verse by verse. You can do a whole section. You get to really customize what you want to memorize. So again, it's called Scripture Typer. It's really Is awesome. Is that T-Y-P-E-R? Yes. Like a typewriter? Okay. T-Y-P-E-R. Awesome. Awesome. So not only for Alma, but everyone listening. So we put her on hold. She got to hear it live in New Jersey. Oh, that's so cool. Thanks, Jill. Hey, no problem. God bless you. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So if you're looking to to memorize scripture, uh, then uh, scripture typer. Check that in your app store. Scripture typer. And then Trent, let me know that it's scripturetyper.com uh, for more information. What a great tool. I mean, I mean for us... With all the technology we have, there's no excuse. You can do Instagram, you can do Facebook, you can do Twitter, you got all this. I think it was John Piper, I don't remember what pastor said it, uh, but it stuck with me, and that is, and I've used it in messages, uh, it, it's at the judgment seat of Christ, um, the evidence of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram will be proof in our lives that we had enough time. So time and not enough time is not an excuse because Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter will be proof. And then some of you go, well, I don't Instagram. I don't. Well, maybe you quilt. Maybe you're into race cars or maybe you follow the Broncos. There'll be enough proof in all of our lives 
that we had enough time to accomplish the will of God and to serve him well. Well, we're coming up on our first break and our only break in the program. My name is Ed Taylor. I see quite a few uh, folks text me. I'll go review them during the break. Uh, We've got an open line, so grab it while you can. Uh, When we get back, we will go right to Lydia. She's calling from Denver. And then we got Darby in Evans, Colorado. And we will catch whoever else is on. Going to grab that last empty line, 303. Six six nine zero three thousand for a reason for some reason there I couldn't remember the number three zero three six nine zero three thousand we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the last half of today's program, Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor and I want to take your calls and your questions. Call me. Let's talk about the new covenant, the work of God through grace, and pray for me. I'm going to ask you to pray for me, just reminding me. Uh, I'm going to be teaching at the Bible College in California very soon here, and I can't tell you what a tremendous invitation that is because I barely made it through high school, and uh, not that I couldn't do this work because I'm I was I'm pretty I, I school comes easy for me learning comes easy for me at least some topics but to be entrusted with the molding and shaping of you know 40 kids lives uh, is huge and I don't take it lightly so I'm looking forward to being used uh, at the Calvary Chapel Bible College in Marietta California to I'm teaching on the gifts of the spirit which is a a deep deep um, desirous uh, topic for me and uh, and so pray for me would you I think it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait to be uh, used in a new way. This is brand new for me. Never, ever in my life have I done this, so it's brand new. 303-690-3000 is the number. Lydia calling from Denver, Colorado. Lydia, welcome to the program. Hey, Lydia, are you with us still? Sorry that you dropped off. Let's go over to line number two is Darby. Darby's calling from Evans, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hello. How are you, Pastor? Good. How are you? Okay. I I just I I have a hard time getting through sometimes. Uh, but anyways, I want to say what an inspiration it is, and I want to thank God most of all for your radio station and the sermons that I hear daily. Is such an inspiration with all the other um, junk that's on other radio stations, I should say. Uh, And it's just an inspiration to have that positive uh, mindset that I can turn on the radio and get a positive feedback. And also, um, for the lady that uh, wanted to memorize scriptures, 
and your note cards or what you said was so excellent because that's what I do. I, I post it on my bathroom mirror uh, by my toothbrush. Uh, like you said, have it in your pocket. Uh, of course, having an app on the phone is nice. Um, and then we'll find some verses that really speak to you, that just make you want to dig in deeper. Yes. And uh, like uh, Mark eleven twenty five is one I have to tell myself every day. Uh, when you stand praying, it? forgive those that you hold anything uh, against, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. That's uh, good. When somebody cuts me off on the highway or or anything that uh, kind of gets me down, I have to say that you know uh, Galatians yes. six nine and and Psalm one nineteen thirty three are two more that I have to tell myself every day. And uh, for any young Christian listening out there, that's the best thing you can do. Uh, besides reading your Bible and and studying with other worshipers, uh, Christians, is learn those verses and and have some in your mind that you can tell yourself when the devil's trying to attack you. Mm. That's and I good. Thank thanks, you so much. Thanks so much for for your great sermons, Pastor. And, and but most of all, I, I thank God that you are on the airways. Thanks, bro. Keep praying for us. I will. All right. See you later, man. You have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303 is the number. So um, let's see here. Let me do a text question. Uh, let's see. It says, I was hoping uh, that potentially you could provide some insight as to what the Bible has to say about children who passed away um, before believing age and what the eventual destiny or future of that kid is in the afterlife looking at some scriptures to explain that aspect of things well the the the, the passage in the bible that comes up um so uh, quickly in my mind is that time you recall when david's son passed away as a baby he was sick and he did not recover from the sickness he died and David said something uh, that was very encouraging to those that might have lost a loved one Uh, and let me get to it here Um, it is David morning and I want to say um, I'm gonna gotta find it here. The I'm gonna paraphrase it until I find it. But the basically he's mourning. Uh, then the child passes away. David gets cleaned up and starts to move on with life. And his set and his servants come and they're a little confused by it. They're like, wait a minute, well, why are you not mourning anymore? You should be mourning more now that your son died. And David says, I cannot go. He cannot come back to me, but I will go to him. And understanding from the character and the nature of God, that God will hold us accountable for what we know, not for what we don't know. That God in his judgment will be fair and righteous. That God in his judgment will recognize the reality of a child that is unable to, in their cognitive mind to understand the complexities of salvation 
and it's in it's Trent found it for me. It's Second Samuel chapter twelve, verse twenty two. So I believe I don't know what the age of believing or what some refer to as the age of accountability is. We don't have a scripture that points to that, but there certainly is a place where a child transitions uh, from childhood into adulthood cognitively, not just recognizably among the community, like through a bar mitzvah or something, but cognitively before the Lord. And I believe children go to be with the Lord and they live in the eternal state uh, until they're reunited by their parent with their parents, straight up. All right, let's move on. And we've got another question on the air. Uh, let's go to Deborah, line number three. Deborah in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Hi, Deborah, Pastor. welcome to the program. How are, you, how are you doing, Pastor? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I'm on my break at work. Okay. And, um, let's do it. it just, yeah, it's all right. I got half an hour. Um, okay, good. I wanted to ask you um, how, as a Christian, um, you um, can stay focused um, because um, I, I have a problem, Pastor. I, I have to be honest with you, and I wear my heart on my sleeve, and um, I have a problem with anger. Okay. Um, I have a problem. I do curse. Um, okay. I get very upset. I will have hatred towards somebody. Okay. Um, there are some issues that I have. I've had some counseling in the past. Okay. But um, I don't care for the counselors that I went to. And um, they were condescending. And um, Okay, I, well, let's go backwards. Let's go backwards. Let's, let's start. Let's go to chapter because, 7, Romans. Okay, before we get to Romans 7 or even 1 Corinthians 6, let me okay. talk. Let me, let, me open, let me open your eyes or just remind you to something, okay? Okay. So part of our conversation you share, mm-hmm. uh, I just have a real problem with anger and cursing. And it's actually not a problem at all. Do you know why you get so angry and why you cuss? Yeah, I do. Okay, tell me what you think the answer to that question is. Well, I once prayed to the... Can I, I'm, I'm not drifting away. This is essential. I once prayed to the Lord about it. I was crying to Him as I was coming home okay. from work. Yes. And I said to the Lord, I, Lord, I, I said, Christ, I can't do this anymore. I, I, okay. I, I lose my temper with people that are mean to me and very condescending and i and okay. i i you know your soul is a conduit you know and well let's just go back to the question what let's right. just focus because i've got I'm some freedom for you like that's okay though let's just go to the question do you know why I'm you provoked. like to cuss I'm pardon provoked. me i'm provoked he said you're yeah, provoked that's not why you do it that's not why? why you do it you is there another alternative that you can think of no at that time no oh. okay so let's talk about that cuss me out right now Oh, I can't say that. No, I can't say that on the air. No, okay, I'm not going to do that. Good. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing what you just said. You have the opportunity to cuss me out. You have the opportunity to uh, to just get mad at me and throw things at me. And, and your response was, I'm not going to do that. That's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? That's yeah. a pretty powerful statement that just almost immediately came to you that you weren't going to cuss me out because you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You don't want to. And so the alternative is, the reason why you're so angry with these difficult situations yeah. 
And the reason why these words come out of your mouth and even in your head when you bite your tongue is that's what you want to do. You do it because you want to do it. For some reason in your life, for some reason you have developed a habit where you think that getting angry and exploding and these words and these outbursts of wrath somehow give you a sense of control and peace and make you feel better, at least for a moment. And then the reason why you're on the phone right now is because you know that they don't do any good for you, that it doesn't actually make you feel better. It doesn't make things better. That makes things worse. And so here you are. You had a bad day at work and a bad situation and you're blah, 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 beep, 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 all over the place. And then I say, why don't you just cuss me out? Oh, no, I can't do that. Exactly. Exactly. The power of God is in you. And if you will believe by faith, that God will give you the strength not to become so stinking angry and out of control so that these words are formed in your mind and then they come out in your heart. If you would just trust God, if you would just receive the power, like it's almost like me visiting your house at Christmas time and I'm at your doorstep and I've got a gift in my hand. It's a million dollars. But you won't even invite me into your house. I'm there I am. Let me in. Deborah, Deborah, it's Ed from Colorado. I'm here with my family, and we've got a gift for you. It's going to be great. I don't want your gift. You can't come in my house. I'm mad right now. It's like, but you got to take it. It's a million dollars. I don't want your gift. And so there you are, inches away from a million dollars, but you choose not to take it. And here you are in your life, so close to walking in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control you are just moments milliseconds away from living in that beautiful fruit of the spirit but you choose not to well and so what's the remedy the remedy isn't more counselors and the remedy isn't going to people that you really don't feel comfortable with in the beginning the remedy is to learn how to abide in christ and to live in a moment by moment relationship with Jesus Christ where his power becomes your power. How do you do that? Well, you do it just by what you just did. I just showed you. I just showed you it's within you. You choose. So somebody flips whatever it is, whatever the main trigger is at work that gets you so angry. You choose to trust God in the moment. What do I just say? I say, Christ, can you you help me? You can do that, or you can just in your mind say, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus, you're with me right now. I'm going to choose to hang out with you right now instead of this person that's cussing me out. I mean, I've had people on my face. Don't misunderstand me. So let's not, let's not be, I don't want to be misunderstood to that you won't have episodes of anger, because you will. We all get angry. Right. Uh, you won't have episodes of doing something dumb or saying something dumb or thinking something dumb. But you you can experience victory far more than you are by simply choosing, just like you did. I love it. I, you need to save the recording of this program. Go on and get our podcast. You guys go to iTunes. We podcast this and archive these studies on iTunes. And you need to get this this episode and listen to yourself, what you did, Deborah. You were so quick. Boom. I'm not going to do that. Exactly. And you have that ability all day, every day, no matter what the situation is, because Christ dwells in you. Thank you. 
I just can I share something with you, Pastor? Sure. Well, like I said, I was I was talking to him, and you know, the, the Lord sometimes he'll speak through you know, like Paul said, with a small voice, you know. And I said to him, Christ, I said, why do I do the things that I hate? And he said to me, Are you sure you hate those things that you do? Mm-hmm. And That's it was great. a revelation for me, and. Um, and you know I'm not that smart, you know. That was that Who, was which one of us so, are? Right. <laughs> so, but don't none you of think us are that, that smart. He said that to me. I mean, does he? Talk I mean, it's possible, people? but it's possible. But to that's only part of the process. You, you, you. What you? I want you to analyze that answer for a second. What What you're saying is that God said to you mm-hmm. that it's all your responsibility, and that's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you is that it's God's responsibility for he dwells in you. And if you'll yield to him, he will enable you to not get so angry. The The fruit of the spirit is gentleness and self-control. And so, you know, listening to that, to, to listening to your dialogue with Jesus, you know, I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly what he said or how he spoke to you. But the answer that you're describing sounds like God's putting it all on your shoulders. Well, you just need to hate sin more. Well, I'm sure personally listening to you, you hate it when you act like that. It may be a couple minutes afterwards, but you hate it. I have no doubt that you do not like this. Otherwise, you would have never called me. Right. You'd be out cussing somebody out on your break. It's not trying like to, that. I, I, I mean, to even I don't, the score. Like, I just get like, I'm one of those people that somebody, you know, cuts me off or something on the road. I sure. flip on the bird, you know, and I'm, I'm well, like... Um, I've got a problem with this, and I'm not bragging, sure. and I'm not, I don't think it's, I'm not glorifying or anything. It's just, it's a problem, and I wish I didn't have a problem. problem, because I know Christians that don't <clears throat> act like I do. Yeah, but they act in other ways. There, there is a, there, there is some, you know, there, there is some, there, there, there is this struggle in every believer's life. It may not be with flipping the bird or cussing, but everyone struggles with the flesh. That, the yeah, Bible but Christians don't think I'm Christians. When I talk to people, and well, if I make an error, and I if I if I say something angry or mean or or whatever th- about a person because that person was mean to me, they'll say, "Oh, you know, that's not very Christian-like," and, th- and they judge me and they're harsh with me, and then I start doubting my own salvation, start doubting who I am, who I, who well, who pra- am I? You know, praise am, God am I a Christian? that. Praise God that we are not saved or not saved by the opinions of others. And I'm very grateful that he would be, the Bible says that, um, the Bible says that who are we to judge another man's servant? We stand or fall before the Lord. And what you're describing is, is, is actually what, you know, other people struggle with things that you never see. So you dem- you demonstrate it. You know, getting upset when somebody cuts us off is just selfishness. Yeah, that's all it is. As if we own the road, and know. you know, people are people. They're unbelievable. You know, this is how people. This is how people are. And 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 learning to adjust our lives to the reality of of you know being able to adjust our lives to the issues in front of us. But I want you to know that the power of God it resides in you. This is not your responsibility. But it's God's responsibility. He enables you. His grace is sufficient for you. And 
And there is day by day victory that even though you might fall, the Bible says that though a man, and in your case a woman, uh, is fall seven times, you'll rise again. Well, That's Pastor, what the Bible can says. I ask you one more thing? In that sure. chapter in, in Romans, it says that people that backbite and murmur and all these things that I do occasionally or maybe daily, okay, I mean, it says, do not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Then to ask a selfish question, <laughs> where, where, you know, what's going to happen to me, I mean, and other people that are like me that believe in well, Christ. Well, let's ask, let's ask that question. Do you, have you, have you uh, confessed your sins before God? All the time. Have you been born again? Yes. What's the reward for being born again? Reward for being born again. The Bible says, unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. And so for you and, I that have exp- for you and I that have experienced new life, the reward is to be eternally with God, who we desire, that our sins... That what did you do exactly to wash yourself from your sins? Nothing. What good works did you offer God? There are no good works I can offer Him. Well, what religious acts do you have that you say, God, I'm forgiven because I did these 10 religious acts? Nothing. It's mm. all about Jesus Christ. Who's the author of your faith? Jesus Christ. Who's the finisher of your faith? Jesus Christ. He's the bishop of my soul. Who does this, who does this promise apply to? He that began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm hoping, sir, because like I said... Well, wait a minute. Don't Wait a minute. You don't need to hope. You just need to believe. Okay. So, so think about this. Uh, you have a job, right? Yes. And and so when you sit at home, you know, you get off at 5 o'clock and you sit at home, do you sit around going, boy, I hope I have a job? Sometimes. <laughs> uh, I know that's probably not the best. That's probably not the best uh, illustration. But let's just say it's pretty steady and you got to get up at seven in the morning to go to work. Do you kind of walk around saying, I hope I have a job or is that what gets you in the car or is it you believe you have a job that gets you in the car? I have faith to believe that I still have employment the next That's day. right. You believe that you don't have to complicate it. It's exactly true. You believe you have a job and that gets you to work. And that's the same thing that, that opens the floodgates of a abundant life with Jesus Christ. It's belief. So when he tells you, and I'm repeating it on his behalf, I'm repeating this to Deborah in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. I'm saying this from the word of God, that he who began a good work in you, Deborah, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The only response to that is to believe it. You mean that sanctification process? All of it, the whole thing. Justification, sanctification, glorification. They are all yours by faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. So when he said to his disciples, um, he said, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven. He said, I tell you, seven times 70. Does Christ apply that with us? He does. On and a the whole daily point basis, was not, that's almost 500 on, times a day. Right. So the whole point, though, Jesus was using a teaching technique that we would call today hyperbole. He was exaggerating to make a point. He was, he was, the issue of forgiveness is not a math problem. It's a heart problem. A heart problem. Yeah. So you don't need to worry about forgiving 490 times 
for a lot of believers, it's just forgiving one time that is the stumbling block for, block for them. It's a heart issue. Yeah, because in the Bible it says that our hearts are desperately wicked. They are. Hmm. Who can know them? And then the Lord says, I know them. I, God responds. You see, it's him. It's, salvation's all about him. It's not about us. And if we have our eyes and our heart in the right place by faith, if we believe what God says, then we enjoy all that God has promised us. Just like me at your door, if you will just open the door and take the box, a million bucks is yours. And if you will just open the door and receive the promise of God, it's all yours. All right, Deborah, we're coming to the end of the show, so chew on that and then call me back. Well, I can't thank you enough. You're so wise. Thank you, Pastor. Is it Pastor You're welcome. Edward? It, it is. Uh, you can just call me Ed. It's good enough. Okay, well, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a great show. I love talking about the new covenant and the power of God that resides in us and the difference between belief and I hope so. Because hope in the Bible is not what the world goes. I hope so. Maybe this will happen. Hope is a settled fact. Like we are resting our lives on an eternal hope. It's not like our sister just expressed, well, I hope so. No, no, no. What what our response is to the Bible, what the key is to abundant life is belief. It is belief. It's faith. And faith is the key that opens up the door to abundant life. If you and I will just believe God, isn't every, isn't the root how about this, guys? And this, will, I'm, I'm going to talk about this to the end of the show. It's so important. I, I want to I challenge you to think through. I want you to think this through for a minute, audience. Whether you're on Grace FM, Hope FM, Truth FM, online, I want you to think about this for a moment. And, and, and tell me, and you'll have to call on another show but if you disagree with this, but isn't the root of every sin unbelief? I'm going to ask you that. Isn't the root of every sin? Name a sin that is not rooted in unbelief. Name one, anyone, any of them. And then as you guys were listening to the show, the demonstration of we start out describing our problem. I'm struggling and I can't get out of it and it's so hard. I don't know what to do and I just cuss and I flip people off and okay. So, and we wouldn't have let it happen, guys. Just, you know, you let your kids on the air, I mean, you, the FCC wouldn't allow it, but I have a button here, and Trent has a button. It's called the click button, uh, and we would click off if she decided. I knew she wouldn't. Just understand that. I would never put your kids and your ears in a place where we would just let somebody freely cuss. That wasn't the point. So some of you are like, I can't believe what kind of station this is. They'd let her cuss. No, we wouldn't have let it happen, but I asked the question on purpose. Oh, and Trent said it made her made him nervous. Okay, Trent, get your your finger ready next time. <laughs> so I, we wouldn't let it happen because I knew she wouldn't do it because I was I wanted to make the exact point that was made. So when I say go ahead and do it, oh, I could never do that. Exactly, 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 because she called the station in a frame of reference of faith and belief. She called the station looking for help. She was going toward the Lord. So therefore, she's not going to be all jacked up in sin. She was going, I know you could you could come back and go, well, she wasn't provoked and she wasn't, okay. But she could have been, she she could have, she, there, there's a lot of could haves, but let's just, the, the facts are the facts. I She chose not to do it. And that same power of choice can be ours, is ours every moment of the day. And the reason we sin is because we like it. 
and we enjoy it. Otherwise, we'd never be tempted with it. And we choose to sin, and the root of every sin is unbelief. The abundant life is ours by faith. If we will simply believe God. You, you, are you a gossiper? Believe God. You'll stop gossiping. Are you a slanderer? I have met quite a few slanderers in my life. I, I've met people that have chosen to slander me. People I used to serve with. People that we were, like like David used to say, we went into the house of the Lord together and now their favorite hobby is somehow always bringing my name up or my wife's name or even my kids. I mean, seriously, seriously. And say this or that. But if they chose to walk by faith, they know that they're not walking by faith. They know that they're not in the Lord. They know they're not abiding. They know it. They know it. They may choose to have their conscience seared with a hot iron. They may choose to be in unbelief. They may choose to sin, but it's their choice, not my choice. I love them. I choose not to retaliate. I choose not to chase them down. I choose not to respond to them. Uh, I choose not to call them. The Holy Spirit, no, he's a much better convictor of sin than I am. I choose to go to the Lord. And you need to make the same choice. I just think that was a word from the Lord. It's not about Ed, but about you. People slandering you, making fun of you, uh, talking bad about you, lying, the accuser of the brethren. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He loves you so much, and so do we. And I appreciate this relationship we have by the radio and the privilege to pastor and serve. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back same time tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.